celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. All right, so welcome into the Music Vibes Podcast. Of course, we celebrate classics and create new ones here on the Music Vibes Podcast. And I discovered one of the best things about this podcast is music discovery. And I just so happened once again on my Spotify, I'm you know trying to find some new music to listen to because I'm tired of listening to the same old music. And I ended up discovering this fantastic pop. I think I think I would call it psych pop. Um, you know, some of that old school 60s, 70s vibes. But this is band is from Salt Lake City, Utah. The Melons discovered them on Spotify and fell in love very quickly. I'm a big sucker for the 60s and 70s. You know, the Beach Boys and Beatles and the Monkees. We've had Mickey Dolans on this podcast, of course. Um, you know, re- rest in peace. Wow. Uh, of course, to Michael Nesmith. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys took me back to this. So I'm ple- I'm blessed to be joined right now by the one and only all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah on Zoom. We got the melons, everybody. What's going on? Right. Hey, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having us on here. Very excited. So we may or may not have another member join us in this interview. So just throwing that out there in case anybody's listening. And, you know, we're rolling. We're rolling right now. But I want to introduce... Who I do have, who I exactly, let's roll the dice. We're playing Monopoly right now, okay? (laughs) So we got, we do got two fantastic members joining us right now from the Melons. Go ahead, fellas, introduce yourself to the podcast and to the listeners. All righty. Well, my name is Rob Jepson. I'm one of the singers in the Melons, and um, all of us are multi instrumentalists, but in this band, I mostly play keys and a little bit of guitar. I'm Denny Fuller, and uh, yeah, like Rob said, it's little confusing on uh, who does what sometimes but uh for live purposes i'm mostly a bass and then uh uh horns and kind of support the lead vocals with some backing ground background vocals so i love it i love it so we got to start from the beginning i want to know grassroots <laughs> of this band you know how did the melons come about it was not you see it was 1963 right was it rob <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, in a way it did start in the 60s because, you know, we're four different guys with our own experiences, but all of us are just in love with that whole decade. And I think for all of us, it's both an aesthetic thing and a sonic thing that we like, but I think it's also deeper than that. I think we all feel pretty grounded and there was just something in that decade uh, that speaks to all of us. And I think that binds all of us together. Um, But in terms of how we formed formally, I always say that we're sort of a duo of duos. Like, uh, so Denny and Ian, Ian's our drummer, fantastic, fantastic drummer and fantastic guy. They've been working together forever. They've been in tons of projects. They really know the Salt Lake City scene. They know their vibe. They're totally locked in. And then me and Andrew are the other duo. We've been writing together and working together, trying to turn ourselves into musicians for like 20 years. And it's all culminated in this group, the Melons, where for the first time, at least for me in my musical journey, I feel like this is this is a group uh, that I can stick with that kind of works on all levels. So that's my soapbox. What do you think, Denny? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it all, I think it started in the 60s, too. I mean, a, a lot of I think all, most of our parents are boom boomers. Right. I think they're all baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Um for our age group, I mean, I definitely have younger friends who are like, my my mom's 46. And I'm like, my sister's older than your, your mom. You know? <laughs> but not to like, not to really date me or anything or us, but like, um, yeah, my mom, I mean, my mom always would be listening to, 
the oldies station. And back when we were kids in the nineties, the oldies station was playing late fifties and mostly sixties music. I don't even think, I don't even remember like seventies, like hits on the oldies station. I mean, I know the seventies hits because I kept listening to the radio right. as well when I was late teen and like even early twenties and got into seventies music when I was younger and stuff. But it's like that. Yeah. The oldies station was all, it was all sixties hits, the AM radio stuff. So you'd hear like the like the monkeys hits and like Tommy Rose hits or the association and the turtles and stuff like that. And I didn't even know who was what, but I would just my mom would be like, hey, well, let's go to soccer practice or whatever. And I'd hear like, uh, oh, sweet pea, come on and dance with me. You know, I don't want to do too much because I don't know how much you can do on a podcast or radio show or whatever. I love it. Um, you know, as far as legality goes. But yeah. And then. And I, I don't even think I don't even think I thought music being in a band was like that cool until I was like a maybe later teen and stuff like that. But uh, just love the 60s. We all kind of met each other. Uh, Ian and I was like we would have met each other anyways as, you know, drum musicians in the in the Salt Lake scene. But like Rob, uh, I, I put my bass up for sale. It was a Hofner bass, you know, that one that uh, the violin bass that Paul McCartney plays. Mm. Um, I sold it on Facebook Marketplace or something, and, and Rob bought it from me. So wow, <laughs> we just connected, and then uh, life forever changed. I mean, it's one of those fork in the road kind of moments that, like, it's it's kind of weird. Maybe we would have. I think we would have maybe met anyways as well, but not maybe not had as strong of a connection had I not mm. sold that bass to him. So who knows? Yeah, it's like you want to buy this bass. Yeah, man, you're pretty cool. You want to be in a band? Let's do this. <laughs> You know, I mean, sometimes that's as simple as it gets. I mean, and, you know, thank goodness that happened because, you know, I'm a big fan and I'm sure if I'm a big fan that other people are as well. Now we talk, we talk about the sixties, which, you know, now almost is almost ancient, you know, now, now technically, cause working in radio now oldies is like eighties, you know? So it's like now oldies is considered, you know, Motley Crue. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that kind of stuff. But yeah, I definitely get those vibes listening to you guys. The Melons, obviously, bringing back that 60s and 70s vibe. I mean, so like, t- tell me some of your influences. I mean, you talk about the 60s, 70s. You know, what are some, and getting very specific here. I mean, I'm talking artists. I'm talking songs. I mean, s- specifics here. I mean, what are some of your influences and what brings out the Melons? I th- yeah. Rob, how, what, what if you start and I can maybe fill in the cracks a little bit after that? Yeah, sounds great. And I'll warn you in a good way. Denny is an encyclopedia. So yes, bring it. Yeah, influence <laughs> after influence after influence. Um, so my journey probably started with my older siblings. So I'm the youngest. And, you know, I thought my older brothers were so cool. And this was back in the day when you couldn't even burn CDs yet. You could only steal CDs. <laughs> so my older brothers are always stealing CDs from who knows where and bringing them home. Uh, and that was kind of my introduction to the wider world of music. And specifically, the stuff that really caught my attention was Cat Stevens, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, of course, the Beatles, a little bit of Grateful Dead. Um, they might be giants, you know, some kind of more out there influences. And I think what hit me then and still now is just songcraft, you know, the songwriting. Um, Danny can go on and on about just the amazing power of production and the details and the accents and the engineering. Um, and thank goodness for Denny, because I don't. I don't even have that part of my brain. <laughs> For me, it's just about melody and lyrics and telling stories. Um, and those guys, Bob Dylan, did I mention Bob Dylan? You did not, no. 
Yeah. And even an artist like him who, you know, it's easy to, he almost feels like a poet who just happens to play a little bit of guitar, you know? Um, dude. Yeah. And, and whether you like it sonically or not, whether you like his voice or not, almost doesn't matter. What matters is the story um, exactly. and the experience that he's sharing. So those are some of my early influences and I'm still trying to mine those guys. I'm still trying to listen and figure out like, how did they do this? Mm-hmm. How do they craft these poems? I think that's like part of, part of the fun though. Um, DC and Rob is like um, trying to almost, I'm not like the super logic person. I'm not like, I don't have like lists of everything usually. And like, I'm not like, here's my budget for the month and stuff like that. So <laughs> get a little bit of, but I think, I think Rob will know with experience of, of creating with me now that I'm more, I'm more logical with music stuff. Like I'll always have references almost for almost, almost every idea that we come up with or something like that, or an excuse why it works or something, which whatever, I mean, it's art, but for me, it like, it, it kind of is fun to have like a little bit of reasoning behind things. So uh, I'll, I'll piggy, piggyback on all the artists that Rob said is for sure. Like, I don't need to repeat all that. Those are all great, mm-hmm. great artists in, in like, for, for me, the, coming from the AM radio or whatever style of my mom went through, you know, all the pop punk and like even emo for a little bit and stuff like that. <laughs> um, the adolescent stuff to like, I, I kind of like went into a dark tunnel for many years of teenage years and then kind of came out of the, the teenage years and saw the light. <laughs> I'd say with a reference of, I saw the light, Todd Rundgren even, you know, kind of thing. That's where I was, so, yep. That's a stupid dad joke right there. But for me, it also come, usually comes down to like a really good song. So I think in any era or decade, like, of course we love the sixties, but like, I'll find, I find, I know good music from any decade. I love it. Like I'll, I'll if you, you want to spout out a decade, I'll tell you like, oh my gosh, I love so-and-so and so-and-so. And I genuinely do um, and whatnot. But 60s is like a little bit more studied. Mm-hmm. I think production wise, um, like Rob was saying, is like um, I kind of will sometimes follow different producers through the 60s and stuff like that. Of course, Phil Spector um, and Brian Wilson, like mimicking Brett, Phil Spector and then doing it maybe even better than he did, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um and George Martin, of course, with Beatles. And then he, he went on to produce like America in the 70s and, and those people. Um, and and then people who even self-produced, Todd Rundgren. I mean, Todd Rundgren was producing Badfinger, which was very much, they carried the 60s into the 70s a little bit. Um, and Todd Rundgren self-produced his records and those are amazing as well. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, man, I could go on and on. I mean, as far as the smaller, like the the more niche influences <clears throat> that the Melons have, um, I think a lot of people don't, still don't know about like the association doesn't get referenced very much. Um, mm-hmm. There's a band called The Millennium that we kind of sound like. Um, the Left Bank, that one's like, they had like a, just two hits, like top 40, maybe top 100 hits or whatever. But the whole Left Bank's catalog is is amazing. There's only, I mean, there's really only like two and a half albums or something, but the Zombies, like I know they only had like three or four hits, but anything the Zombies uh, created was just amazing. It was all, it was all good. Like I, I seriously can't shake a stick, a stick at any recording I've ever heard from the Zombies in the 60s. They're all good. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, without going too far or whatever too, there's, 
There's a band called Sagittarius that we could get compared to sometimes. Um, and one called Yellow Balloon. That sounds kind of like the Beach Boys, but they're like, they're like uh, a budget Beach Boys, maybe I would say. <laughs> not to like, not to make fun of them or anything, but that's yeah, like, they didn't have as big of budgets. Right. Um, they right. kind of sound like the Beach Boys and almost like they were ripping them off or like trying to jump up, piggyback on them a little bit. Um, so and Greta Van Fleet. And let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I hope that I just hope we don't fall into that territory a little bit. We oh, want no. to try and create something <laughs> that's uh... <laughs> no. See, that was going to be one of my next questions. I mean, you guys definitely don't fall in that category. You got you definitely have your own sound. Um, but I, I did want to you know get a gauge on this because you know in today's world when like you know hip hop and rap rule the world, you know that genre is dominant right now, dominating oh, yeah. the charts. And, you know, you guys have chosen a very niche genre that, you know, certain nerds like ourselves love. Um, yeah, sure. So like, well, you know, how scary was that? You know, that when you guys decided, you know, you know, we all we love all these different genres of music, but let's focus specifically, you know, kind of on the 60s, 70s vibe here. Yeah, I'll take a, a stab at that. So I'll tell you, I worry about that endlessly. <laughs> and it's, it's not that I question the artistic decision because I think we're all doing this style of music because we love it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's working. Like it, it comes out well. Um, we were lucky to get a label deal and we've got vinyl coming out soon. The plays are stacking up, like it's working. But just the, the ambitious part of me is like, oh no, did we pigeonhole ourselves too much here? Should we have gone the rap route? Was that our only path to success? And we blew it. Um, you should hear Rob rap. It's it's pretty good. Can you spit yeah. 16 for us? Uh, real quick? Yeah, what you got, Rob? Let's see. Let's see how this interview Throw on a beat real quick. <laughs> Maybe we'll get warmed we'll, we'll get warmed up enough and Rob will give us 16, you know? There you go. Yeah, maybe a little outro at the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm just having a little fun here. I'm just joking. Yeah. No, but but at the end of the day, you just have to do what you love, you know? Uh, sink or swim. It's just, you got to do what you love because even, I think even if you have success, even if you get a billion plays, if you're not bought into it, what's the point? Uh, I mean, you know, besides the millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you just, you got to do what you love. So I think that's, I think that's what we're going for here. Absolutely. I mean, I love it. I mean, so let's, let's dig into a little bit, obviously, um, you know, the debut single was the first one that I heard. So when I was just, when I discovered you guys, I don't even remember what playlist it was. I think yeah. it was. How'd you find out about us? That's a, we want to ask you a question. You guys were, yeah. yeah. So it was, I don't have the playlist saved on my Spotify. And usually I do. Um, one night, it was like two o'clock in the morning, my time. And I'm just, you know, kind of tired. Um, I can't really sleep though. And I want to say, I think it was Lunar Isles. Mm. And called Lunar Isles. Um, they have like a, radio like you know like on spotify all the bands have like a radio mm -hmm. yeah. um, they're like a pop group that i discovered not too long ago and they have like a radio and um you know listening to their radio and then i discovered apparently your debut song so much to say <laughs> um the first single so that was the first song that i discovered if you could and obviously playing a snippet into the podcast for people to check it out but kind of tell us a story about so much to say <laughs>
started in a different band um oh, wow that didn't go as far it was kind still a cool story that combined our our stories Ooh. maybe absolutely yeah yeah i mean stepping back a little bit so uh, andrew and i were in a different band called day sounds that was destined for ruin it was never going to work out but we didn't know that at the time um <laughs> and we had this demo called so much to say and we actually met denny right around that time that's when i met denny and bought the hoffner bass was that twenty seventeen? Somewhere around there, yeah. And Denny gave us feedback on that song that we used. Um, but we never released it as Day Sounds because it just, I don't know, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It didn't make it. So fast forwarding a couple of years, um, back in the studio with Denny, everything clicked into place. We polished it up and released it. Um, and for me, that so actually that was my first song that I've ever released on my own. 
Wow. So that was a really big, big feeling for me. So that song, it's about longing, you know, it's about you're, you're living in this world and you feel more disconnected from people than you want to feel. Um, you want that intimacy and closeness. You want those relationships. And sometimes, at least for me, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get as close as I want to um, and feel as safe and as vulnerable as I want to. Um, so that's what the song is about in terms of the style and the production and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the sonic emotion. I'm going to let Denny take a stab at that one if you want to, Denny. That was kind of cool, like um, having Rob and Andrew and then their friend Ben at the time kind of come into the studio or whatever. And it's, a, you know, it being a kind of a vulnerable, vulnerable place, right? The studio sometimes where, where things hit the cutting room floor a little bit, right? And you're like, you're, um, you're chopping it up sometimes and it's emotional or whatever, you know, but, but the, uh, these guys come into the studio with this song and, and like, um, as a pro producer, you try and, um, I try to like hear potential in things or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if Rob sends like a voice memo of him in the piano or whatever, or Joe, Joe Blow sends me this, or, you know, Suzanne sends me this thing or whatever kind of thing. And it's just, it's just like them and like just singing even maybe not an instrument or whatever. Sometimes mm -hmm. you try and hear the potential or whatever. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it could be done this way or this way or this way. Or like, that's a hit or whatever kind of thing. Um, I remember them bringing this song in being like, Hey, we want to try and record some vocals on this song. Um, and I was like, dude, this song's rad. Like, mm -hmm. this is, it sounds like, like Brian Wilson a little bit, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, it's like if Brian Wilson were to write a song in 2017 or 2018, whenever that was, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and I was like, this is awesome and whatnot. And they came into the room and, and whatever. And, it was, it was, it was rad. It was just rad to meet other people that were into, you know, into Brian Wilson and wanted to try and make music that was influenced by him that didn't necessarily copy or rip him off kind of thing, you know? And, mm -hmm. and again, that's most of all of our goals as artists is just be like, can we be, can it, can it be processed? Can we eat that ham Brian Wilson hamburger, process it through our bodies? <laughs> For weird, lack of a uh -oh. good analogy. Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> You know what you know what I mean though. You know we soak in the calories that we need from yeah. the Brian Wilson burger. You know, and then, <laughs> I'm down for a weird gruesome analogy. But <laughs> long story short, yes, we start the melons or whatever, and and we all kind of have these two pairs. Ian and I and Rob mm -hmm. and Andrew kind of join forces to try and make something that's greater than all of us, and um, we uh, we stack we start stacking harmonies a bunch. And we've realized that all three of our voices blend really well together. Mm -hmm. um, and just like adding, um, adding, we re redid the bass parts or whatever. Oh no, we redid the drums, we redid the backing vocals. And like, uh, we, we kind of turned the dial back a little bit towards the sixties um, and used some techniques mixing wise um, and instrumentation wise and stuff like that. And it was, it was just awesome. It just ended up uh, working out to make a, a, I think a really timeless song. And I'd say the first video I watched, and I don't know if you guys channeled in a little Drake and Future on What a Time to Be Alive, um, but I will say the video to that is fantastic. Um, so I want to talk about that and then one more song with you guys. So tell me about What a Time to Be Alive.
would be the one to really talk about the creation of it. But I mean, I think Rob and I can touch on it. Maybe Rob, you can you can touch on it a little bit. Uh, oh, look, here's Andrew. <laughs> Andrew hey, guys. <laughs> uh, what a time is a song about how much I love Denny and Rob and, uh, and D.C. Hendrix, too. Are you doing your best Muppet voice there, too? <laughs> Speaking of puppets, or can't say Muppets, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we're representing the Muppets in the video. That's right. Yeah, D.C. gets it. You get it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, well, I agree. Andrew's the best one to talk about the song, but we'll we'll piece it together. Um, so Andrew Andrew has like technicolors running through his brain. Like he's just a super creative dude, and I would say he came up with the vibe. You know, he came up with that that heavy plotting baseline, a lot of the original orchestration, um, the feel, and then he pulled me and Denny in to help with melody and lyrics and production and song structure and the details that make it feel rich and fun. Um, and Denny, you can tell us more about that. The music video, I think I have to give pretty much all the credit to Andrew. Um, so aside from being a great musician, he's a professional artist. He's an illustrator and designer. And he, he just had a vision um, for the music video. And I think we all did our best to play a supporting role. Like what props can we buy for you? What, you know, can, can I hold a light? Can I hold a, I don't know, a prop? Um, but I'd say that's pretty much straight from the brain of Andrew Beck. Yeah. He always cites his love for Sesame Street. Um, what's the Huff and Puff thing? H and R Puff and stuff. H and R Puff and stuff. Mister mm -hmm. um, yeah, Rogers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, the Muppets, of course, right? Which are yeah. Jim Henson. What? <clears throat> I haven't heard of that. Is that a? <laughs> there's a copyright, like boop, right there. <laughs> I think we have to pay a royalty if we say the word Muppet. Can mm -hmm. we say it again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. <laughs> there goes the budget for this episode. Yeah, they're gonna kick. They're gonna kick us off here soon. So <laughs> we said it too many times. Um, but yeah, I, I love that song in the video. Obviously, very creative. Um, nobody is doing that. You know, I haven't. And it was like a tweener between. You know, I'm gonna say it again. Muppets and Sesame Street. Um, so definitely wanted to talk about that, but you guys just got a new song, um, that I want to talk about as well. I'm almost, um, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about it this morning and she, you know, just trying to tell her, you know, listen to this song, you know, by the melons that, you know, I was telling you about last night and she's like, okay, what's it called? And I'm like, it's called hello son. Um, I was like, it's, you know, she hates when I do this, but I said, it's their version. In my opinion, this would be your guys's good day sunshine. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. cool. So that, that's, the, that's the way I use to describe this, because you guys killed this song. It made me even way more excited than I already was for what's coming next. But t talk to us about Hello, Son.
Denny, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Do you want to go first on this one? Sure. I can, I can give a little bit of a Rob. This one's like a, started out as a Rob song. And um, I think I remember hearing it uh, pre melons, right. As a demo. I think so. Um, Rob had kind of this solo project going along um, pre melons called St. Jude. And we were potentially going to work together and whatnot and, and collaborate and produce songs together. And um, t- talking about hearing potential again, it was like, this was one of the ones he had sent a bunch of different demos. And this was one of the ones that like stood out for sure. Like hands down was like, Oh, even just you and an in, in like a, you and a piano was just like, Oh, this song's rad. I can hear the intimacy, but I can hear the, it's like um, it to me, I, I'm almost getting the chills actually. To me, it's like there's this whole world, like universe living inside each person. And this person maybe being Rob, if you're putting him in the subject's case, this whole universe is just living inside that that body of, or mind of Rob and whatnot. And it's like when the chorus hits, it's like that's exploding kind of thing, you know. Um, and I think you can hear that in the in the all the arrangement choices the Melons made together and mm-hmm. and whatnot, and production choices we made in the studio to help um, somewhat. I mean, you can never fully really uh, grasp how someone's feeling inside or whatever, but I think this is a, we did a pretty good job of taking Hello Sun <clears throat> from the mind of Robin and then uh, him letting us in to help um, emphasize and make it, uh, aggrandize it. Is that maybe the word? Yeah. Um, and, and then pull, pull fun influences. I mean, people keep telling, they, telling us they're hearing like, uh, it's like Sun Soaked Brian Wilson meets... ELO, which is a cool, cool reference. I really wasn't pulling like the Jeff Lynn ELO vibes and stuff, but mm-hmm. I'll take it because I think Jeff Lynn's one of the greatest producers also of, of the last 60 years and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, we, we actually recorded that one. Most of this, most of the record we recorded either in my studio, number nine studios, or a little bit in our houses here and there. But this one we did like maybe about half or more, a little more than half of the production at Sunspell Records. So it might, might have a little bit fresh energy in this song because we recorded it in a lot of it in a different space. I think the, har- the harmonies are really cool. There's a really fun bridge to it that kind of takes a left turn and then we come back to home again. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of like nail in the chorus a bunch more times with different motifs and almost fugal energy, like classical fugal energy where one instrument will have a, the theme in a chorus and then the next one, a different instrument will have that same theme. And then the next chorus, it passes, it keeps handing off the themes and motifs to different instruments. So it, it brings the, the melons. One of our taglines or mottos is broke pop for the 21st century. Right. I believe in that. I think that we can, um, we actually have a little bit of substance to that motto maybe and theme or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. and, and let's, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more about Rob's journey as well in a nutshell. Or what do you think, DC? What do you hear? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, like I said, it took me back to definitely, you know, I would say Brian Wilson um, c- kind of, you know, taking a little bit of that. I didn't hear, you said ELO. Somebody said ELO. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really hear that, but, you know, that's obviously, like you said, definitely credit to you guys on the production behind it because, like you I mean, that's a fantastic comparison. Um, but I definitely, I hear Brian Wilson. Um, I hear Brian, <laughs> I hear Brian Wilson all day, the songwriting on it, the chorus. You sure you're not related to Brian Wilson, Rob? Not that I know of. <laughs> we'll not that you out. know of. That's what I say when people ask me if I'm related to Jimmy. 
<laughs> I get that all the time. I get that all the time. So we got these three songs that we've talked about today. So is there an album coming out? You guys said you got vinyl being released in October. Tell us what's coming yeah. up. <clears throat> yeah, October 21st. Uh, yeah, October 21st. So as you know, the vinyl industry is way backed up. Everybody's going crazy for vinyl right now. Yep. Uh, but that includes us. We wanted vinyl. <laughs> so our label coordinated everything. Our, our label is called Earth Libraries. They know how to pull the strings. Um, they got it ordered. And it's taken a while. So we've just been sitting on this album for quite some time, just waiting for it to get out. Uh, but yeah, October 21st, you can pre-order it. Um, if you go to our Instagram, there's a link. It's the Melons Music, Melons with two L's. And there's a pre-order on there. And uh, it's good, man. Like, I, I feel great about these singles that we've done. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, were, we were very deliberate in choosing the singles that we wanted to release. But for me, I don't know if I can say the best stuff is on the album, but I think I would say the story is not complete without the album. And there's, there's some stuff on there that I just can't wait to release. Is it, is it self-titled? Is the album self-titled? It's called, in true 60s fashion, Introducing <laughs> the Melons. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm excited. I got, I'll make sure to put the link in the uh, description, too. Um, oh, thank so you. If people, so yeah. if people want to pre-order, it'll be right in the description. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, as, as a band, I've seen you guys, I've seen pictures that you guys sent doing a live show. Any chance you guys doing some live shows that end up in the Midwest? Uh, mm -hmm. Any Anything tour coming up? I think that maybe uh, maybe in the early beginning or like maybe in spring, we'll probably try and plan something to do right. like a little, uh, a little run to support the new record and get it out to some new ears. Um, I think we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get something going. It's a, uh, it takes a lot of planning as you would assume. Maybe I would, maybe you wouldn't assume, but you know, it takes oh, a lot know. of planning and a, and a lot of logistics <laughs> and stuff like that. So, but yes, I'd say next year there will be some sort of, tour whether it's five dates or ten or seven or we go out on the road with flaming lips here's their open Ooh. call <laughs> bring us out <laughs> yep they were just they were just in my hometown uh for Wayne, indiana earlier this year so oh man I, I i would you know um anything midwest i'm down for chicago that's only an hour away from me yeah um, i'd go to detroit anywhere in ohio Try to, right. try to help me out. I've, uh, if I have to, I'll take another. I was telling Rob earlier, I'll do another cross-country trip to Utah if I have to. Yeah. I will, I'd rather not drive this time, but I will I will do whatever it takes. Because you guys, I'm loving what you guys are doing. I'm ready for the album. Introducing the Melons coming out. Um, definitely pre-order this album, everybody listening. But guys, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Very excited. Keep me up to date with everything you got going. Keep releasing this great music and bringing back those those vibes that everyone needs in this crazy world we live in today. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having us on. Thanks, DC. Pleasure to meet you. We're, we're going to hold you to it. You're going to come to one of our shows in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm down 100%, man. Down 100%. You're on the list. Okay. All right. Let's hang out. Um, I'm down 100%. And keep keep in touch. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got you guys on Twitter. I followed you on Instagram. Um, so definitely keep in touch. Very excited. Denny, we're going to have to test that music encyclopedia of yours. I heard you. We're going to have to test that a little bit, okay? I want to bring you on again. 
maybe it's it's only for the 60s and or in the first half of the 70s probably but i mean i know a lot of, I, I know a little bit of other stuff but. i can tell i can tell i can tell but all right thanks guys for coming on rob thank you so much for setting everything up danny for joining appreciate you guys very much thank you all right see you later see you thanks Time Travel with DC Hendrix on the Music Vibes Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media.